of glittering delights. And here, host, Dandre Leyland. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Christmas episode of Palace of Glittering Delights. And it is a delight today because I have with me my lovely, 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 lovely podcasting bestie, Mr. Michael Bailey. We are podcasting BFFs, aren't we? Yes, we are. We're the love fest that will spew forth through people's earbuds tonight. will be unprecedented in the history of podcasting dom. I don't even know if that's a word. Since it is Christmas, uh, I will admit to this because this is when you get to be sappy. I, I was having dinner with uh, the irredeemable one a couple of months ago. <laughs> the irredeemable shag. And uh, I, I told him there are very few people that I podcast with that if they said, I need you, that I would drop everything and find a way. And you would be the most complicated one. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but there's, there's text and shit. Yeah, but uh, yeah, just 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 being here and talking about what we're going to talk about tonight and uh, yes. the, the fun yes. I think we're going to have uh, discussing yes. this and the fact that I'm going to blow Rob Kelly's mind <laughs> over the fact that well, not only am I once again doing a commentary for <laughs> Superman 4. Yeah, because you've done this before. Uh, but I am doing, because Rob, I, I don't know if you, do you listen to the Who's Who podcast? I do not listen to Who's Who because I don't like the Who's Who comic books that much, okay. but I listen to everything else on Fire and Water. So every once in a while, uh, you know, they talk about other people that, you know, especially during the feedback section, because it's every, you know, it's Chris Franklin writing in. And it's funny, if you listen to the Who's Who podcast, you see basically the evolution and the creation of the Fire and Water network happen in the mm-hmm. letter section. But right after I released that uh, commentary of Superman 4 that I did with Scott Gardner, uh, they were reading one of my feedback uh, letters, and Shag goes, well, Mike's a Superman apologist, and Rob's like, no, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) I just listened to him do a commentary for Superman 4. Hmm. (laughs) And apparently, to his mind, that made me more than just an apologist, and I had to own up to it. So now... I am owning up to it for Rob. Own Especially it, since dude. they uh, are close to wrapping up. Him and Chris are close to wrapping up. Superman, uh, Superman 2 Movie Minute. Movie Minute, yeah. Which we have both had the pleasure of being on. Mm-hmm. Oh, Superman. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. I mean, there's so many great lines in, in Superman and Superman 2. But we're not uh, here to talk about Superman and Superman 2. We're here to talk about a Superman film that isn't quite as universally loved. And not only are we talking about a Superman film that is not universally loved, that isn't Batman v Superman, <laughs> but we're talking... Don't, don't release the Snyder Cut, people will come out of the woodwork. <laughs> I think we can take them in a fair fight. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, they don't fight fur, dude. That's true. Um, but we are talking about a cut of this film that is not really universally available. No, it's not like we don't have a form in this regard, but that didn't get released. Because, uh, did we lose the file? Is that what happened? I think so. Yeah, we did a co- we did a commentary for Superman Returns, lovely listener, for um, uh, Views from the Long Box, was it? Yeah, it was going to be for yeah, Views. Yeah, it was going to be for Views. And uh, it was only when we were watching it, we realised it was an extended fan edit. Yeah. We, we literally did not know that until we pressed play. <laughs> we were like, okay, we because. 
because uh, a peek behind the curtain and it's and it's easier now than it used to be but when andy and i do commentaries because we live in different countries especially with dvd mm. there was different uh compression yeah. of it and it made cuts of movies like if it was like an hour and 45 minutes over here it might be like an hour and 40 minutes yeah 40 minutes hour and 40, with yeah. you yeah and Big. Because that doesn't of NTSC line up. and PAL playback speeds being different. So what we would do is we would find digital copies that were the same and we would share it. And with Superman Returns, we're like, oh, a, a digital copy of Superman Returns. This will be great. And we're watching it. It's like, why is this here? What's <laughs> yeah. going on? Wait a minute. This this scene wasn't in when I watched it at the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, that, it's such a shame that all those things are lost in time, like tears in rain. <laughs> I've seen things you can't even imagine. Speaking of things you can't even imagine. <laughs> we, so what we are doing, lovely listener, is we are doing Superman for the Coherence Cut, uh-huh. which was available on CapedWonder.com, which is Jim Bowers' website devoted to all things uh, Christopher Reeve Superman, primarily Superman the movie, but also to a lesser extent 2, 3, and 4. And this was available there for a while. I do not know who put this edit together. If we were more um, more prepared, I would have researched that. But whoever did it did a spectacular job of splicing together the film that could have been to the point mm-hmm. where this cut of the film features panels from the comic book. So when that happens, Mike and I will have to narrate to you what is going on on screen because otherwise unless you've got a copy of this cut of the film which is 157 minutes no sorry one hour 57 minutes long you won't have a clue what's going on so we i don't think the world can handle 157 minutes no 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 that 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 came from i was listening to a podcast this week where apparently the snyder cut of justice league is somewhere in the region of 215 minutes long my God in heaven! Yes. So, so this is this is like a walk in the park compared to that. So that's the version we are watching. Thank you to the 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 editor who put this together. Uh, um, we're gonna have a lot of fun with this because we've been talking about it all week as we've been watching it. So, yeah. I am on zero 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 zero. Young Mister Bailey, what are you on? I'm on the same. So, should we press play in on three? So one. Two, three. And we start with the Starfield. And we get a lovely little trombone version of the theme over the old Warner Brothers logo. Oh. Yeah. Them dukes, the, them the, dukes. The, the fascinating part of this is that the editing choice was made from the score and not the original film. Mm. Because in the original film, you had that little trumpet uh fanfare over the warner brothers logo and then it went right into the main theme and then it went into the russian him saving the russians but when the score was released it came out that the russian scene was like a pre-credit sequence right which is kind of fascinating and works a lot better i think yes it's very much like a james bond film and that it opens with a pre-credit scene that isn't really relevant to the movie overall, but it's just a nice way of getting Superman into action straight away. And to be fair, the special effects in this scene 
so far do not suck. Yeah, it's, like it's, they, it's they, they spent a bit of money on this scene. All yeah, of the money on a... this scene. <laughs> they spent all the... probably. Um, there's some very good. One of the one of the running notes that I had was how good Reeve looks as Superman. Yeah, in some he of looks, the shots. He looks more svelte than in the other two films, and it really works. Mm-hmm. After a couple, oh, what we need to do? Take a drink every time they use that shot of Superman. Yeah. We'll be drunk for the end of the film. A lot. See stuff like this. I mean, ignoring the fact that he's talking in space and his cape's blowing in space. It's actually this is actually a really good beat. <laughs> oh, it's, and there you go. They've used it again. Take a drink. I love the capage. Do you? Because I thought that the capage in this—it's really obvious when they've got it pinned to his waist. Whereas mm-hmm. they got away with that in the other films. They got away with you noticing it as much. See, this scene here, you can quite clearly see the, the cape is pinned to his belt or whatever. And I love this, Superman speaking Russian. To me, though, that looks more comic bookish. Hmm. God, he made the flight look effortless. Yeah. And see, so that opening scene, and there's that shot of Superman again, <laughs> to take a drink, uh, leads into the opening credits. The opening credits are appalling. Yes, they're terrible. They are abs. They are the very epitome of low-budget, straight-to-DVD B-movie, which is not what you want in a Superman film. Yeah, the S symbol that's about to pop up is just atrocious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is. It's like, we didn't have the money to do the credits like they used to do it, so we're going to do a crap-dash effort on it. So we're going to do a cardboard cutout. It's you know what it is. It's the cellophane as he rips off his chest from Superman too. <laughs> That's very fair. I love that credit. Motion picture series initiated by Alexander Salkin. <laughs> that felt legal <laughs> in a very legally binding way. <laughs> yeah, I like that Jackie Cooper got a credit before Mark McClure. <laughs> yeah, well, Jackie Cooper gets credited at the top. I mean, I know John. Margot gets an and. Sam Wanamaker. It's funny because I was so looking forward to this film in the summer of 1987 because I had well, just... It'll hit you at the peak of your comic book reading, won't it? Yeah, just right when I started. It was like I started in the like early late, late spring, early summer, and I remember we were in Ocean City, Maryland uh, as on a family vacation, and we went to see the movie Inner Space, which is a fun Yay! movie. I, I like that recommend film, yeah. it. Robert Picardo's brilliant in it. Uh, I'm an old cow hand. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and one of the trailers was for Superman 4, and I didn't even know it was coming out. So it was like, I was like freaking out, and I bought the Starlog poster magazine, and mm. my, my sister Mary... Her friend Leslie, who was visiting us for a week that summer, took the John Cryer poster because she had a crush on John Cryer. And uh, I read the the comic book adaptation, which is actually has one of the best covers that Byrne and Ordway ever did together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, the comic adaptation is what convinced me that this could have been a good film. Mm-hmm. Because I've and, never read the novel to this. Uh and so I go to see it, and my sister Mary takes me, and it had already gotten out of theaters. Yeah, was so it we went for to like see a Masters day. of the Universe in head, uh, instead. Oh, so they just swapped out one Golden Globus film for another. Apparently. 
Yes. Well, loads of credits over. This is an interesting bit of editing on the part of the person because he uses, or she, they, I'll use they, uses a shot from Superman the movie and then a, and then a, a photo of Reeve uh, yeah, visiting his in the grave. vest outfit. Hmm. So either that scene wasn't, and when you, that scene's footage hasn't been found anywhere. But and they what, do a good it, job of recreating the Smallville set from the first film because there's the barn. Because mm-hmm. I presume they didn't yeah. go back to Canada for this. No, this was all filmed in England. Yeah, well, well, there are places where it shows, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the I, I think um, this is an open uh, secret, but in case people are listening to this and aren't aware of the fact that uh, Golan Globus uh, of Canon Pictures uh, produced this movie, and they were at the point in the history of Canon Films where they were hemorrhaging money. So Reeve said he was going to do this film because they gave him story control. And then right before they started filming, they cut the budget in half, which is why it looks like crap sometimes. And when I look at scenes like this, you're reminded this could have been a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. This opening scene is one of the most pure performances he's ever given because he's Mm -hmm. not Superman or Clark here. He's just being himself. There's no one else around. He's not wearing the glasses. He's coming back to the old homestead to sell it in the face of big development and big business. And they even get Susanna York back to do the voiceover. Yeah, I was I was really impressed with that because it did tie it together better. Mm-hmm. He has never looked more like a John Byrne drawing than he does here. Which is, is appropriate considering this was filmed in like 86, 87. So mm-hmm. Byrne Steel... consulted on Superman 4, didn't he? Uh, he wrote a script treatment. I know that. I know him, and I know he met Christopher Reeve. He's talked about meeting Christopher Reeve at the at whatever, maybe for that treatment, but it never mm-hmm. went any further than that, and he wasn't involved with the actual film. But no, this it, it's interesting when you when you chart the course of the Superman films. Superman the movie was kind of a timeless movie it wasn't it it had comic book elements but it didn't feel like a comic book if that makes any sense Mm. superman 2 and 3 felt like bronze age superman books yeah this is why i don't i can't hate on superman 3 this one feels like a mix of a bronze age and a post-crisis superman book mr hornsby here uh, is played by the same actor that played the general that General Zod ripped the stars off of and said in a really bad dubbing, I answer only to the president. Oh, right. Is it that guy? Yep, that's the guy. Awesome, because there's a lot of Superman 2 moments in this. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really nice scene. I can see why they would open it with the pre-credit moment. Mm-hmm. With him saving the Russians, because it is quite a slow bit. But I do love this bit here about Clark putting his foot through the crib. It's also a very like some of his best Clark Kent performances are in this film. Yeah, like it's it's funny that three and four have the best Clark Kent scenes. 
Yeah, the, the the two that by and large people don't have a lot of time for. But also, this this is one of the few, I think it's the only one, isn't it? That really embraces a comic book sh- smackdown throughout mm-hmm. the movie. It's not just saved for the big set piece at the end. <laughs> In this cut of the film, he has two fights with Nuclear Man. Yes. Oh, Clark, you clots. But I like how, like, direct he is. Hmm. And, and this, yeah. is a, this is an element that could have really been played up of Clark letting go of his past and embracing his role as being a, a citizen of Earth. Yes. And the whole thing well, this... with his... Go ahead. Go on. I was just going to say this is what you and I talked about all week while we were prepping for doing this it's all the it's just not tied together right like like you said this could tie into the superman plot of it moving forward with earth and it could tie into selling out to big business which happens to the daily planet and yet those connections are never actually made in the script oh they got marlon brando back for superman 4 that's nice yeah. <laughs> i'm sure he even from the grave wants a cut for this <laughs> I'm sure that he does. Yeah, to, to simulate to Clark's nightmare here, they've used footage from Superman the movie. And it, it's quite interesting now, that he still has dreams about Krypton blowing up. So, the interesting thing about the deleted scenes that are edited into this cut were the first time we got to see them was when they released that big 14 disc set. Hmm. Uh, Back in 2006. And the problem with the deleted scenes... That guy, that woman looks like Stephen Fry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm not wrong. The Was that they put this really kind of obnoxious temp track. And the person doing the editing is laying over the score as was released by Film Score Monthly. And sometimes the audio cuts out because of that. Yeah. So it makes kind of a disjointed viewing at some points, but they're fun to see. Yeah. And he's done a good job with it. Fur player. Hackman back as Lex so, Luthor. So I'm going to ask you a question. Have you seen the episode episodes of Supergirl with John Cryer as Lex Luthor? No, I have not, because we changed okay. our cable provider and it didn't tape those episodes because we didn't have that channel anymore. Okay. At some point, you need to watch them because there is a Easter egg in his first episode that ties to this scene that Ooh. I thought was effing brilliant. See, that's what I like about the TV shows in the DC universe. They've not been embarrassed by their past. No, they are not embarrassed by their past at all. They will they will make all kinds of references, and they're and they're. It's not like a Smallville reference, if that makes hmm. any sense. Yeah, it's it's like it's like a full on embrace of it, like the Spider Man movie opening with the sixty Spider Man TV show theme. Can you imagine mm-hmm. if Snyder had done that? Yeah. <laughs> Although I'd pay, I would pay money to see Ben Affleck run down the street to. Okay, that's the cut of Batman v Superman I'm going to do, where I'm just going to lay in the uh, 
the Batman TV show theme whenever you see him. And whenever there's a fight, you have the Batman theme fight music. Oh my god, that that warehouse fight would be so much better with, with Neil Hefty music playing in the background. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah. And you've, you, you've got John Cryer going full on, whoa! Yeah, he is brilliant in this film. I will have no argument. Pac-Man is. Pac-Man's brilliant as well. Yeah, for, for being in a crap film, he's giving it his all. Yep. And this is ridiculous. Yeah, they're dead. I'm sorry. Yes, they're, that lands they're, no. on the roof. Although they cut away so you don't actually see it. And then they pull an A-team and have them yeah. stumbling up the, the rock face. This quarry was the site of many an episode of Black 7, by the way. The, the, um, oh, speaking of which, that's the captain of Red Dwarf. There on the right. See, this I, is why I am so glad I'm doing this commentary for you because you're going to see things in this that I would never see. Yeah, I only just spotted him because he didn't have his hat on. He is the captain of Red Dwarf before Red Dwarf goes into before they put Lister into hypersleep and everyone gets wiped out and dies. He's a one this of those a, character actors. This is a great what, scene. It is, but why is Lois only just learning French? Yeah, that did, is kind of silly. She not, would it not have made sense to know French in Superman 2? <laughs> Although she was so, reading it from a book in that, wasn't she? That's the London are, um, Underground. Yeah, I was about to say, this is London, isn't it? Yeah, that's the London Tube. <laughs> it's not just much. The score of this movie is so good. Yes, I love I love the guy keeling over here, clearly looking like he's had a heart attack and died. And then later on, Superman's like, hey, he's fine. The score was done by Alexander Courage, who, in addition to doing the music for this film, is the one that was the composer of the Star Trek theme from the yeah. 60s. Um, he worked with Williams in the 60s. Right. But so this is first uh, era Williams. Mm-hmm. Right. Makes sense. So there was a connection between the two of them. So him taking over. It's like it was the same with Ken Thorne. Take it's like a drink. the people that took a there you go. Um I actually think this score is better than the scores to two and three. Do you? As well, as a there's film actually, score. There's actually new themes in this. Mm-hmm. Whereas in two and three there's very little in the way of new themes. Which, to be fair, the Nuclear Man theme and Jeremy's theme, I believe, were done by Williams mm. and Courage. L- Lacey's theme them. is nice. Yes. That's a lovely theme. I love Superman taking a moment to say that uh, tube travel is perfectly safe. By the way, want to point out, this is the only Superman film where he changed in a phone booth. Hey. And he I love that he's wearing like a modern suit or a modern for 1987 suit. Yeah, he's he, he's a lot more relaxed as Clark in this one as well. He's not quite as goofy. But um, it is amazing to me how much they've all aged since Superman 3, which was only, what, three years before this? Yeah, especially Margot, unfortunately. Yeah. I hate and, to say. And, and Jackie Cooper. So now we're introduced to Rupert Murdoch. Um, <laughs> did, you not, did you get that subtle reference? Yes. <laughs> this is so Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> Uh, is my volume too loud on the film? No, you're fine. 
right. it'll actually be better for the people listening to this without watching it because they'll be able to hear it in the background. So yeah, I'm watching it through my phone with my headphones. So. I agree with you. I think Chris looks much better. Chris Reeve looks much better. If he'd be slightly thinner. Mm-hmm. There's just something about his Clark that really makes you think you wouldn't put together that he was Superman. Did they not have the money for a gym and on this one? Well, I, you know, he's still in good shape. Oh, yeah. I'd kill but, to be in that good shape. But he looks like the post-crisis Superman in this movie. Hmm. I think it's the that he's got the slight curl to his hair when he's Clark. Mm-hmm. Mariel Hemingway. Mariel Hemingway in the most 80s outfit they could find for her. Undeniably beautiful. Yes. I, I'm not wholly convinced by her performance. She's better in the cutscenes. Yes, she is. And well, her character has an arc because of those cutscenes. Yeah. She goes so... from being the uber capitalist daughter of her father to learning integrity from Clark. Again, that's not really fleshed out as much as it could have been but this is one of those moments and i love when they do this because they did it in the in the superman musical they did it here they did it in post-crisis where you have a cat grant type character Hmm. who is this beautiful woman that likes clark and margot plays that all through the scene from the minute she takes her glasses off to talk to yeah. Clark. If you watch Margot, she's playing that as she fancies Clark. What the fuck's going mm-hmm. on here? Yeah, she's she's completely confused by this entire situation. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I think she, it makes sense, given the circle she moves in. And this is the thing that everybody, and I will not take anything away from Richard Donner and what he contributed to it, but his take on the Clark-Lois friendship was very dismissive, where when you get into three and now four... They're obviously very good friends. Mm. And I always... I'm very, very rich. That's that's a great line. <laughs> so it works both ways, then. Mm-hmm. I like Perry's cardigan. See, even here, there's a lot of extras in the Daily Planet scene. Yeah, there it's, are. Now, I can't imagine that this was filmed in sequence, but it really does look like they spent all the money up front. Because all this stuff so far has been okay, even special effects-wise. Thank you, Mr. Murdoch, for uh, mm-hmm. contributing more to the plot. I was kind of hoping that they would get E.G. Marshall back uh, for this. Now, I completely forgot to write down the name of the woman playing the teacher here, which they do the most terrible dubbing of ever. But you pointed out that she's currently on Star Trek Discovery. Uh, well, she was. She got killed off in season two. <laughs> well, shows that I don't watch Star Trek Discovery. No, that's was, perfectly fine. But yeah, she she it, is Admiral Cornwall. And it was driving me nuts because she looks so familiar. Uh, she was she had a very bit part in the movie Kindergarten Cop, right. where she plays the mother of an abused child. She is a gorgeous woman. She is Jane Brooke. I just googled it, and it, no, I, I don't mean I don't want to pull a Phantom Menace and be really mean to the kid actors, but the kid actors in this film are not good. That love that, the a, guy with the mullet, they're laughing. <laughs> oh, God. 
At least it feels like how kids are to each other, which is, you know, crap. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. In the script stage, that works perfectly well. But the delivery... It, and it's and I don't think it's the fault of the kids. I don't blame Jake Lloyd for episode one, but... Because Jake the Lloyd's writing good in episode, episode one. I will die yeah. on that hill. He's playing but, the character they wrote for him. Yeah. Whereas the, the, the kid flies. actors... Hackman is genuinely funny in this. And I love that he's, he's got Lenny trying to be a little Lex and he just doesn't pull it off. Deliberately, I think. So, John Cryer, has talk, you know, John Cryer has talked about this movie uh, before is, he played Lex Luthor. Is he the only one and that a, does acknowledge that he was in it? Yeah, And apparently... He tried to correct the way Gene Hackman says nuclear, because he pulls a shag and says nuclear. Yes, I know. Uh, and apparently Hackman was not best pleased by that. <laughs> to be fair, he's got the nuclear man theme symbol on his hat. Yeah. To be fair, though, uh, John Cryer's not wrong. If Superman's hair is strong enough to hold up that ball, how did Lex just cut it with a pair of scissors? Okay, so this... I figured that out. It's, okay. It, it's, he cut the connecting point, not the hair itself. Right, clever. Sexual harassment in the workplace, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, at least it's not quid pro quo sexual harassment. So. Well, hey, topical gag. Again, he, he rocks the gray suit. Yeah, and I love that she, she is very much into him as a person. Mm. And it just strikes me that this is why when you play Clark as a character, it works so well and so much better than him just being a bumbling clod, Jeff Johns. Yeah. So. See, and it's, it's one of those, if they weren't so married to the idea of Superman and Lois, this could have actually gone somewhere interesting. It's one of the things I did like about Earth One that Straczynski did, that he introduced other women that could be potential love interests for him. And, and like you were saying, she has an arc in this. Oh, okay, Margot, you look very, very good in that outfit. <laughs> I think Margot looks quite sweet in this film. Oh, I love the tie around the neck and the collar up. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying. That line, I have a letter to Superman addressed to me, uh, was my AOL email sound for a couple years in the late 90s. <laughs> I love that Superman's mail comes to the Daily Planet and that, that Lacey mentions that. She actually says Superman gets mail here. Reeve is so good in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it makes sense. It's his story. Well, he's got a vested interest, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. He's, he's got an interest in, uh, in it being okay. So it's, it is a shame that it didn't work out. I, I am of the opinion that if if they if the special effects had been better and they would have allowed to do to flush out some of the stories, this could have been one of the best Superman films. Yep. Shot from Superman three, melded with the deleted scene. Cleverly done. Because when you're watching it as well, one of the things about watching this cut of the film is not just how much of it they lopped out, but how much of it quite expensive scenes they lopped out, mm-hmm. but how much of important plot 
they lopped out. Yeah. All of this is is quite important to the overall plot of the film. Yes, it, it's him actually talking to the kid and explaining why he can't do what he what he's asking him to do. Is this um, Reeve wearing a wig era? Might be. Looks like it. Because the yeah the her line at the front doesn't look quite as convincing. As it does when he's Clark. I mean, I don't know if he's got different wigs for Superman and Clark. Because I know there was a point where he stopped dying. He's her black. They didn't mustn't have had the end of this scene, so there's a couple of freeze frames. Yeah. So the end of that scene must be lost somewhere. The kid with the mullet was back. Great. See, if they released a Snyder Cut like this, with unfinished effects and all that shit, do you think people would still want it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Or they want the... Right. I mean, look at the Donner Cut of they two. they want the film. That, yeah, but they marketed that as a film. That shot of him going smarter than I thought was in the, the trailer for the movie. Right, and then not actually in the film. Mm-hmm. I like his lure here. I mean, it never actually explains where it is. Unlike it's in the, the Metropolis film, State Building. Oh, so it is. Yeah, there was a cut scene there. Well done, Andrew. Which is the Empire State Building, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> but in Metropolis. I love that he has Lenny carrying everything everywhere. Yeah, John Cryer and Gene Hackman are actually quite good in this movie. They have a good comedic rapport, don't they? Yeah, well, has, has Gene Hackman ever been bad in anything? Um, Loose Cannons. I've never seen Loose Cannons. It's a film he did with Dan Aykroyd. It wasn't very good. All right. I I. What is that shape that it's drawing? <laughs> uh, he did grab Yondu's jewels at one point in a movie. Did he? Uh, yeah, he was teamed up with the Green Goblin, and they uh, were investigating. Uh, it was called Mississippi Burning. Um, this is a crossover comic book I've never read. Well, it was Willem Dafoe <laughs> and Gene Hackman in a movie together, so I'm just fascinated by that. But uh, yeah, well, it's I a very young Goblin. Michael Rooker playing a racist, and at one point uh, to intimidate him, Gene Hackman just grabs him by the balls. <laughs> and speaking of by the balls, here's the first nuclear man with his cock out almost. Clyde Do you know who this is? Mantle. Yes, right? Robin of Sherwood's Little John. Really? Yeah, that's that's uh, Little John from Robin of Sherwood. Now best known for being in Casualty for many, many years, but yeah. <laughs> Delivering a magnificently gurning performance as the first nuclear man. I would imagine he is delighted that his scenes ended up on the cutting room floor. <laughs> So, let me tell you how disappointed I was since I had read the comic book adaptation and read the novelization and looked at the Starlog magazine that when I finally saw this movie on video that all of these scenes were cut out. And for years, I was convinced if they would just put them back in, it would make the film so much better. I am not well, entirely to be sure you're right. that. <laughs> no, I, th- I think you're right. It does make the film better. Again, I think it's one of those... those... <laughs> Come on, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. Crier really that sold funny. that, too. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. 
Uh, to be fair, I, I think a lot of it is down to how Clive Mantle has been directed to act. Mm-hmm. See... The, the over-the-top goofiness. See, you could play it a little more sinister, and it would work better. Mm. Like, make him a figure of actual fear. Instead of being, yeah. like, when he tries to fly and how ridiculous that looks. Yes. But, you know... The whole thing with the experimental nuclear man that fails is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Leads That's to impressive, what but those... I was just going to say that those bullets did not leave a mark in the wall. Yep. Was that a, would that be a damp squib? <laughs> Sorry. This is I love awful. that he's got a throne. Oh, God. <laughs> oh dear me. Yeah, this, My is, God. this is shocking. Uh, listener, if you're not aware of this, he actually flaps his arms when he flies. Well, to be fair, none does the same in Superman 2. Oh, true. I like the fact that there's just these two women hanging out constantly. Yeah, Lex pairs the harem. Is that the names? I like that name. I love that he goes, this paper, he makes spot. a crack at the Daily Planet changing and how it's not as good as it used to be since Rupert Murdoch <laughs> took over. Is anything as good after Rupert Murdoch takes it over? No. I'm looking forward to the Superman the Movie Universe version of Fox News. Oh! Oh, have you seen that thing as well? They've developed a crystal to keep movies on. And the test... Yes movie was Superman. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was, was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I was bored. <laughs> so he's drawn all over the pictures of Superman. How have they got a picture of Superman in the quarry when that scene's not happened yet? Alright, people. Um, crack open your comic book adaptation of Superman <laughs> 4 as we see Clark uh, meeting Lacey at the nightclub uh that they were meeting at. And if filmed, this could have been a really good scene of them kind of well, getting to know each other. Well, it may have been filmed. Yeah. Because he does have a freeze frame from it. But the footage, mm-hmm. there you go, there is a freeze frame of it, so it must have been filmed. But the footage obviously hasn't resurfaced anywhere. And yeah, it's actually quite a nice scene, redolent of the Smallville scenes in Superman 3. She essentially has the same dialogue. But it's like, don't tell me you learned to dance at church socials and actually had a crash course for my mother the night before my prom. I mean, that's all good character work. Mm. And uh, you can tell it's Kurt Swan, which is nice. Yes, you can. I wonder why Byrne didn't draw this. Or Jerry Hardway um, at the time. Might have been a contract thing. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't mind that Kurt Swan did it. Or they might have been wanting to give Kurt Swan a check. <laughs> yeah. Nuclear Man walks into the nightclub and takes a shine to Lacey, but he's hit upon by a, um, a a lovely lady of the night, one would assume. Yeah. And then we're back to the deleted scenes. <laughs> would we Clark have gotten a shirt is... rip? Uh, we may have done, because the shirt rip here is obviously either was filmed or never finished. 
and then Superman comes out of the the club. And there you go, lovely listener. That was our talking, our describing what happened. Whoa, Superman takes a punch, man. Yeah, this this is like when I was watching this, I'm like, this is the most one of the even almost more so than this oh, obvious stunt double theater. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where did Christopher Reeve go? Where was this filmed? Wasn't this film near you? Yes. There was, well, no, it was filmed around London, wasn't it? In, uh, oh, God, Milton Keynes. That's right. Okay. But this this little fight here, other than showing the budget strings, because yeah. it's all taking place in one alleyway and there is nobody else around, this is quite straight out of the comics type fight. Mm-hmm. Two guys just punching on each other and lots of property damage. More so than Superman 2 to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Superman facing off against a supervillain. This is great. Mm. And his first, they're like, wow, the guy can punch. Okay, thud. And he punches him back. It could have done with some dialogue. Yeah. It's it's like they go through this entire fight without actually talking to each other. So it would have been nice if Superman had tried to communicate with him before this scene, where he actually does time out. Like <laughs> this guy's going to know what that is. And that's lovely. Superman tries to reason with him. Mm-hmm. And see some of again with a little bit more effort. This could have been fine. Mm-hmm. It's all very low-fi compared to nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, but they were working with what they uh, they had to work with. I like this bit, where Superman just jams it into his stomach and lifts him up with it. Yeah. Good use of the score, too. Yeah. And then of the terrible fireworks effect. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that's not that's not a bad scene. That no, when I was when I was watching it again, I'm like, man, just if they would have put the final polish on this, that could have been an amazing scene. And see, that's that's ultimately what you're left with when you're watching this. It's that everybody's heart was in the right place, mm-hmm. and they were let down by not doing a final script polish. And the the fact that they slashed the budget at the last minute. Because some of it just comes across as unfinished. Hackman is just so effortless as Lex Luthor by this point. Mm-hmm. Love the girl giving him a manicure and he's just chatting at her. This is very <laughs> Carrie Bates Lex Luthor. What you're not seeing, people, if you're not watching this, is that Lex vacuums up the ashes of the nuclear man and then holds it like a baby. I mean, it's actually really funny. <laughs> See, there's, there is so much in this that could have been... It could have been a really good film. Mm-hmm. But isn't. I love that he's patting it. I can see this oh, Lex Luthor turning into Kevin Spacey. I don't think we wish that on anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's keep that kid away from Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh! 
That was mean. Mean it. <laughs> that, that was funny because it's true. So basically, in the, the theatrical version of this, you've gone from Superman reading the letter and not doing anything about it to bringing the kid in. Yeah. So you've not actually seen the scene of him going talking to the kid and trying to explain. Superman says drop dead the kid. Oh, look, 1987, only one computer in sight. Mm -hmm. One of those typewriters that weighs... F yeah, I love that the Pepsi can is clearly facing the camera. And there's lots of Pepsi in this in this scene. Thank you, PepsiCo, for paying for yeah, this. Yeah, but it's uh, not quite as impressive as being thrown into a big billboard, though. Or being thrown into a Marlboro truck. That's true. Smoking and pop. Good for you, kids. That, that, that the little quiff he's got. I quite mm. like that. I like him in this scene, obviously. That was a good shot of the thing popping up on the monitor as he walked by. Hmm. But him sitting here pondering this, this isn't something... This is the first Superman movie where he's dealt with a like a serious moral quandary in the Reeve in the Reeve series. Yeah. And he's really thinking what to do. Yeah, in the second one he's, you know, he gives up being Superman so he could have sex with Lois. And in the hey. third one, uh, yeah, yeah, he gives her ever exclusive. And in the third one, <laughs> he's basically drugged into acting the way he was acting. Uh, and the most interesting thing about it is that Clark and Lana have a thing. This is him dealing with a real-world problem, which Tom Mankiewicz actually advised Chris not to do. Uh, because when you walk out of the theater, that problem is still there. But I think, you know, for 1987, dealing with the problem of nuclear destruction, that's still, the Cold War is still very much on at this point. I'm sure these I are all... I think it works for this film. Yeah. Betrayed! Betrayed! betrayed. I like how the point. Russian premier is saying the exact same things the American president was saying. Yep. Political satire. This is actually a very well shot scene. <laughs> yeah, some of the some of the shooting in it is fine. Oh, I don't really watch television a lot, Mister Kemper White. He was reading Dickens. Um, it's interesting seeing. I, I think you hit upon something I've never thought about. It's interesting seeing him being himself in this film. Yeah, that he doesn't wear the glasses when he's in private is a mm -hmm. really nice touch. Yeah. Even in the comics, he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Now, the scene we're about to watch doesn't make a lick of damn sense. But no, it, has it does my, not. I'm, but it has my favorite we version. <laughs> we keep talking over each other. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, it's all, I can fix that in post. It's a, it's, it's a rehash of Superman the movie, and this is something that really could have been cut. But it's a nice Lois and Clark scene. 
And it has the best, uh, my favorite version of the love theme, especially at the very end. It's very, uh, mm. it's a good take on it. I mean, uh, he's a bit of a what's it to her. There is, there is a sort oh, yeah, of element of Oh yeah, he's terrible to her through this entire scene. I mean, look, look at how happy he is. We're going to commit suicide together. <laughs> yeah, we're going to kill each other. It's a suicide pact. And you don't even get a, a shirt rip here, do you? Nope. And he leaves his glasses on when he's Superman. And it all comes flooding back to her. I love that you get that insert shot of her putting the glasses in around her mm. belt. <sighs> See, all of this could have been locked out. What is the point of this? Yeah, it's about as it's about as necessary as the flying sequence in Superman Returns. Okay, now I'm just going to throw you around the air for my own petty amusement. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in this, it makes it look like Lois can fly. Yeah. This is one of those things where it's yeah. like, Chris, do you really need to do this? Yeah, so <laughs> she's flying, though. She's not falling. You know, going between the finished footage and the not finished footage, the not finished footage actually looks like the flying sequences from Santa Claus the movie. <laughs> Which I will be watching shortly. Uh, perennial Christmas film. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a Salkind production. It is as well, yeah. What's the DC Comics version of San Francisco? Um, Fran okay, Francisco. I was about to make a really inappropriate joke that I will not make. <laughs> yeah, look, she's flying. How has he made Lois fly? Gotcha. Now you are you are famously a hater of the flying seed in Superman mm -hmm. the movie. Yes. Do you feel the same about this? Yes, it is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> at least at, at least there's no poetry though. There is that, but here this is worse because she's diving and swooping. How the hell has he imbued her with his powers of flight? Uh, yeah, this is this is ridiculous. I guess I should say. I just <laughs> and and like the one in Superman the movie, this just brings the plot to a screeching halt. I love the the way yeah, the music could... flourishes here. Just yeah, you could lose all of this. See. Mm -hmm. Just have him go outside and have him take her out on the balcony that Clark apparently affords. Well, he, he, he lives above a bar, so... Well, I presume, yeah, that it's a communal balcony. You make me laugh. You make me laugh as I toss you around the sky. God, you're a prick, Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that, that's, that's an issue. He, uh... He is a bit of a dick to poor Lois Lane. Oh, look, Mar Margot still sells it. Look how she looks at him. Oh. Mm -hmm. She sounds like she was having trouble with that name. Kal-El. 
They probably didn't have time to do reshoots. Nope. They didn't have the money to if do research. It, I don't think it was the time. <laughs> man. If he's not um if he's not as bulky in this, is that a different costume? Um, probably. Yeah. I like the cape. Can't believe! Can't believe! He's give her a, a brain hemorrhage again. <laughs> he walks back, squeezes his room, and then walks back into the apartment. <laughs> Isn't it the tux he wore <laughs> in Superman Three? It could very well be the same tux. Yeah, pulled out of storage. It would make sense that Clark only owns the one tux. I love his performance here. Hmm. It's a shame that Christopher Reeve wrote this off in his autobiography as the less said about Superman for the better. And that's it. That's, there's so much he could have talked about. All I love all of his acting choices. Yeah. You know, having it just be a conversation between Clark and Lois about the situation would have been a nice bookend with the scene towards the end. Where she comes to visit him when mm. he's sick. That might have been worth. We're fixing this movie as we talk about it. <laughs> well, we were fixing it while we were watching it originally. Yeah. I love, love that this, this is filmed in Milton Keynes, and there is um, there's a Facebook page, isn't there, about a pe- bunch of people who went here mm-hmm. and restaged a lot. Of, I love that they've just put a fire hydrant in the middle of Milton Keynes. <laughs> Look, we're in America. No, we're not, dude. The, the idea for this sequence was they were going to film him walking down 42nd Street towards the actual UN, but they couldn't afford that. This is my so favorite bit of the So instead he through Milton Keynes. This is my favorite bit of the score. My absolute favorite bit of the score. And it's a good scene, too. Yeah. Though Peter David wrote about this and said that it, and re- realistically, it wouldn't have gone down like this. To which I say, no, no, the screw that. Hmm. I mean, he's not; he isn't wrong. The the rest of the world would probably not applaud this move. Fox News wouldn't. I like that 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 Rupert Murdoch's paper does kind of deal with that. And and again, there's so much stuff they could have played with in this to make it a more well-rounded film. Yeah. I'm a little upset that Perseus Kambata is not playing the head of the UN like she would in the uh, pilot episode of Lois and Clark. Like, like Lois and Clark. I was Lois Lane ended up with that kid sat on her lap. It's a lucky kid. It is, yeah. He totally sells this speech. Mm-hmm. With no special effects. Nope. He is just totally committed to the role. And again, there is so much they could have played with here. Mm-hmm. Of people acting, just having everyone unilaterally go along with Superman is fine, I suppose. But there's so much they could have played with with having him, with having people take the opposite point of view. It's not your place to take our weapons away from us. Like that old episode of Star Trek. We have the right to fight. And then the Organians step in and save the day. 
All right, guys, I, I made my speech. I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, before it all turns to crap. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna leave. Just everyone's applauding. We're gonna we're gonna live in this moment forever. <laughs> <laughs> I like the multicultural nature of the film as well. Mm-hmm. Like he speaks a number of different languages in this movie. Everyone there at the UN. Yeah, this is a very modern for the '80s Superman story, much more than the the other mm. films, really. Yeah. Well, like you said, the fir- there's that shot again. Take a drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one's going for a timeless furry tale feel, mm-hmm. and the second one is more fun than it has any right to be. And the third one was just trying to set up the franchise as being like James Bond. Every gym, every Superman film would be a different story, but then Christopher Reeve knocked it on the air. Like the Russian-sounding music the, here, it's very good. I love, I love the Alexander Courage score for the Russian music. Yeah, hmm. this is so much. This is all really good stuff. All the stuff with Russia, and mm-hmm. I like all of that. And him going around and collecting the nuclear weapons. Take a shot every time you see that model shot, too. Yeah, I love that he's just putting them in a big net. Where did he get that? This is one of my favorite shots of the movie of him flying into the missiles and the mis- the, the, the the like that just looks so damn silly. Yeah, but yet so awesome. And this bit, the only film where Superman chucks something well not into the sun, sadly. No, he throws this right into the sun. Oh yeah, he does. I'm thinking of later on. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm thinking of when he disposes of Nuclear Man later on. I'm mixing the, the film up. Yeah, he chucks all that into the sun. Good special effects, good special effects, not so good special effects. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like they spent all the money early doors and then got cut down. Hey, Jim Broadbent. And William Hootkins. The mighty William Hootkins. It isn't a film... Without William Hootkins. By the way, the guy that played, um, what's his name? The real estate guy at the beginning of the film was also mm-hmm. in Raiders of the Lost Ark with William Hootkins. Yeah, he was the what's it guy, wasn't he? He was the, the guy who comes to brief Indy. The, the colonel. Yeah. He, I like that he's wearing a purple suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I love seeing Jim Broadbent in the back. Jim Broadbent's a big name actor. I presume this was an early role for Jim Broadbent. He's in Indiana Jones. He's in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. He is also a name that I don't recognize at all. <laughs> Mulan Ru- he replaces Marcus Brody. He's the new Marcus Brody in Crystal Skull. He's oh, in Moulin Rouge okay. as well. Okay. Spectacular, spectacular in the words of the vernacular. That's all Jim Broadbent. As you pointed out, to me in a message this is a mm-hmm. scene with three Lex Luthers yes you've got William Hootkins who played Lex on the radio mm-hmm. obviously the mighty Gene Hackman I don't know where he played Lex Luthor and in a minute Jim Cryer Jim Cryer John Cryer will walk in Jim Cryer is his brother William Hootkins he does look like the Joker though I'm telling you right now, if Rachel was watching this with us, she would be making Porkins jokes. 
Last Tyree, last Hutch, they came from behind. Oh no, that's not Parkins, is it? I'll hand in my Star Wars credentials. Yeah, yeah, I was about to I say. I can hold it. I can hold it. I can hold it. Eject! Yep, so you've got three Lex Luthers in one scene. That's quite Two. awesome when you think about it, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it, it, it absolutely, it's, that, that's one of my, my things. But William Hookins is one of those Rosetta Stones of geek culture because he was in Star Wars, he was in Raiders, he was in Flash Gordon, he was in Batman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Think about the future. And uh, I was watching a, a documentary on the Discovery Channel and the voice sounded really familiar and it was William Hookins narrating the documentary but in his Lex Luthor non-Australian voice. It was really kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. I, I love this shot. Got around a lot. That's almost Australia. Mm-hmm. Australia. Lex Luthor. I love that they walk away and leave Paul Lenny there going, what? I was getting you know, somewhere the more I watch this. Yeah. The more I watch this, the more I like Lenny Luthor. It's a. I mean, he's no sillier than Otis. No, he's really no sillier. I mean, he's not. He's not got quite as many comedic beats to play. In terms of his own moments, mm-hmm. it's always in relation to Lex, whereas Otis at least has a couple of scenes on his own. But yeah, John John Cryer has nothing to be embarrassed about. He is also an exceptional actor. Uh, which I have just come to appreciate more and more. He, uh, around this time, would do uh, Pretty in Pink, and he was in a movie called Hiding Out, uh, which was very good and had uh, Annabeth Gish in, so that was reason enough for me to want to watch it. <laughs> hey. uh, and another movie called Morgan Stewart's Coming Home. He was just He's just been an exceptional performer in just about everything I've seen him in. And he is awesome as Lex Luthor. He really is. Mm-hmm. I will have to try and catch up with those. I love this this callback. They should have done more callbacks like this mm-hmm. instead of just blatantly ripping off moments. The scene where Lex Luthor just bullshits his way into a military installation just by sheer bravado. Well, he's got Harry Howler there, too, so... Yeah. Right, that looks like the Trackworthy film Top Gear. Okay. It isn't, but it looks like it. Because there's no way God's Green Earth, that's America. <laughs> no. I'm glad to see that the... Uh, or here, I guess I should say, that the bad dubbing of the Superman films continues in this one. <laughs> the bad looping. That uh, they've mentioned a lot on Superman Movie Minute continues in the <laughs> Superman Four. That ignominious tradition continues on. Fly, <laughs> don't look, just fly. Just fly. We got something. <laughs> I ain't saying what it is. Just trust me. <laughs> oh yeah, so good. So see all this Gene Hackman stuff is gold, man. Absolutely brilliant stuff. There's that model shot again. Thank you very much. Yep. I love that he's, he's like Spider-Man though, climbing up it. Oh, another one to throw into the sun. 
That's terrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Same, Same shot, shot as before. before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. But he's All fallen thing... into Lex Luthor's cunning plan. All things being equal, this is not a bad effect shot. No. I want to know how he comes out clothed, but... Well, remember well, they the cut the guy strips didn't. in it? Oh, is that it, what that it, was? His clothes. Yeah, in the previous scene, he goes, uh, Uncle Lex, this isn't going to clothe them. He goes, the computer will take care of that. Yeah, right. Whereas the other guy wasn't that lucky. I love his I fingernails. I can't believe I didn't notice that Lex's hat from the previous scene had the nuclear man symbol on it. This is a great costume, by the way. I like this look. Because mm -hmm. yeah. this is a straight-up supervillain. Right down to the bullet. I love the Clark doing aerobics completely wrong. This is a great Clark Kent sequence. It's a good yeah. Lacey sequence, too. God, Meryl Hemingway yeah. is attractive. Yep. Granddaughter, I will add, of Ernest Hemingway. I love that he's pretending he's pulled his back out. She was nominated for an Academy Award and, and a BAFTA Award in 1979 for oh, a Woody right. Allen film she was in. Um, one of my favorite performances. Yes. One of my favorite performances. She played Tipper Gore uh, in a movie called uh, Parental Advisory Suggested, which was about the PMRC trial. And she was really good in it. I like her. I've liked her in just about everything I've seen her in, though. So. Hmm. See, my knowledge about uh, Mariel Hemingway goes as far as this film, and oh yeah, she was in a black and white Woody Allen film. And God, this guy much, looks yeah. like a prick. Yes, yes he does. They could have actually employed somebody who's vaguely muscular though, couldn't they? Yeah, because it looks like, even, even as Clark Kent, that Christopher Reeve could eat this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does look like Christopher Reeve could snap this guy like a twig. <laughs> Adidas must have sponsored the film. Mm -hmm. Judging by uh, Clark's clothing and uh, the Nimrod. Uh, see, I like... This is a really sweet moment. It's, it's a good bit of vulnerability where she's admitting something. And he's actually being... I love the dynamic between them. Hmm. I love that he always gets a bit embarrassed when they ask him about Superman as well. Mm. Yeah. Like he's he's um God not him again. This is great. This is just so yep. great. <laughs> I love this bit. So like he just picks it up and throws it at, <laughs> throws it at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, arguably a much funnier and better scene than him going back to the diner in Superman Two. Well, you know, he has been push, push, working out. Working out. <laughs> Which I've actually been Why saying a lot lately, by the way. <laughs> I've been working out. Why is Lex... Go oh, I've just seen why he's got to wear in that outfit, Sarah. Zounds, what mounds. Yeah. You know, you got to admit, Lex, you know, he, he, he commits to the cosplay. Mm, he does, yes. <laughs> 
He's all about the cosplay. <laughs> uh, that could have been a little better. But again, I love this dude's outfit. I like the Nuclear Man theme. You know, it's, I like the fact that the symbol is on the cape, too. What do you think of the idea that Reeve was going to play Nuclear Man? Um, made it more of a bizarro thing. That would have been interesting. Hmm. But why Instead, did they, they not got... do that? Could they not afford the flip screen? Yeah, I think that was the problem. So they got yeah. a quote-unquote Chippendales dancer to play the part. He's perfectly fine. Look, he's reco- he's he's employed to fill out the costume and look good. Because mm-hmm. Hackman does his voice. And he, he yes. does. He does his job perfectly well. Again, Mark Pillow has nothing to be embarrassed about. This this is really one of those things where you can honestly say it's it's it, it's a little bit of the writing. It's not the direction. It's the it's all in the producer's hands that this film did not do well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, spot the spot the uh, wires pretty soon because when he comes <laughs> back down, you see them pretty clear. Yeah, there's been a lot of conspicuous wires. I mean, most of it's been in the deleted scenes, to be fair. But, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Oh, why did they speed that footage up? To make it look funnier. But it didn't. I wonder if we should tweet out to John Cryer that we're doing this. <laughs> hey, John. Yeah, because we are saying nothing but nice things about John Cryer. Yeah. Because yeah. I like John Cryer. And he's coming back as Lex in Crisis. I'm really excited. Oh, so I will actually get to see him then. So we'll actually uh, hopefully get to see some Tyler Hoechlin, Lex Luthor scenes. But sadly no Michael Rosenbaum, John Cryer scenes. Yeah. I, I, had, a, a I, had, a, I had a perfect uh, scenario for that. Where John Cryer's like, two Superman. Perfect. And then one of those gates opens up and Michael Rosenbaum walks out. <laughs> <laughs> and then John Shay. See, would it not be more like Lois Lane going to Superman? Perfect. <laughs> I'm going to get filled out like a Kryptonian application. <laughs> oh! Okay, oh, this is a fun scene. This is a, probably the best scene in the film. In terms of just pure silliness and homage to the comics. Because mm. let's be honest, the comics would do this crap. Oh, or yeah, certainly absolutely. the pre-crisis comics would do this crap. Both this the ladies is, look lovely. This is very much a Carrie Bates Superman story. Mm. I love Lois fixing her earrings. <laughs> it makes a different kind of entrance. I like that Lois is actually trying to help them. Yeah. It's, again, it shows that she's friends with Clark. Just not friends mm-hmm. with benefits. Well. <laughs> God, Clark. I love this bit where Lois walks up to him and says she really wants you to notice the dress. Hey, <laughs> and he's like, dress. oh, nice dress. Yeah, and then later on, Superman comes in and that's a very attractive outfit you wore, Miss Warfield. <laughs> And watch Lois's reaction when he says it. <laughs> hey, back off, dude. 
I love well earlier on we missed it when she said, um, how do I look illegal as always? Yeah. I like how what we, we, we stepped over. <laughs> Lois' is... reaction to neat dress. <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. God his landings are effortless. Yep. So good. Look how casual he is, just walking in like he mm-hmm. owns the place. Yeah, but not in that pompous way. He doesn't expect everyone to genuflect just because he's walked into a room. <laughs> Do not notice that woman. <laughs> Do not notice the attractive blonde with the cut glass cheekbones. One of the things Look we missed. Face. Yeah. Go up. <laughs> One of the things we, we missed is the questions that uh, Rupert Murdoch gave to them to ask, is this a, are you part of a, a, a thing to weaken our defense? That would definitely be Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson's reaction on Fox <laughs> News. I swear to God. I really like, and it's probably caused by the limited special effects budget, but I really like the use of heat vision where the world can't see him do it. Mm-hmm. Because that really harkens back to the George Reeves TV show, doesn't it? Changed his mind over which leg to cross, though, did you notice? Yes. Also, this looks very much like the scene from Man of Steel number two, where he goes to visit Lois in her apartment. Oh, yeah, right down to the clothes she's wearing. Mm-hmm. And the way he's sitting on the ch- on the couch, too. Hmm. And what I love about this <laughs> is he doesn't burn the duck. No. Just cooks it perfectly. That was a great look on his yeah. face when he left, though. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> that Ow. was brilliant. That was an absolutely brilliant comedic beat. Mm-hmm. Well done, Christopher Eve, though. I don't know if that was intentional. But if it was intentional, it was beautifully played. If it wasn't if it intentional, wasn't... He, re- he recovered very well. I like this. <laughs> Get swept away by the bellboy. <laughs> oh, dear God. Love that. Take the glasses off and run outside. And all the people around. This is a brilliant not, scene. Not Christopher Reeve. Not Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve gets out the other side of Superman. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Such a cheap and easy to do effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are some massive shoulder pads. Well, it was 1986, 87, whenever it was. He was just sitting. Way Superman. Look at that stock shot of New York City. My God, it's a beautiful place we live. If we were, mm-hmm. you know, actually there. <laughs> he said, looking out at Milton Keynes. <laughs> <laughs> now that's not let that his go, best piece you? of acting. No. <laughs> Why have they got a swimming pool? Oh, it's just a little, ah, right, I see. It's just it's a little, little thingy of hydro pool. Yeah. Lacey's plush apartment. Where's Clark? Clark. Well, we started to get in the elevator. 
I love that all the way through this, he's Superman just looks worried that he's not going to get away with this. You've got to wonder why he agreed to a double date. Uh, plot contrivance. Well, okay. It is a great scene, though. Now, <laughs> clumsy kid. In the comic book adaptation, both Lacey and Lois are bending down, cleaning that up, and he's going back and forth as Clark and Superman. Which I don't think they could have pulled off with the special effects of the time. No, which is a shame, because that, that would have been really cool. Oh, and then he repeats the Superman the movie gag. There's only one man alive with less than four legs. I can hear this, Superman. There was an ad under him for the Super Slurpee. My God, hmm. the Super Slurpee. I remember those. Well, I can't see that. I can see New York coffee. Uh, it, it, back it up a little. When it first shows out there, there's a thing for Super Slurpee. These are that was that good. I noticed. That was really clever. Mm -hmm. You saw Clark on the left-hand side of the screen just run behind him, and then Superman walked out the right-hand side. That was a good flying effect. Mm. That wasn't. That one wasn't. <laughs> but again, here, this is... your old friend Lex is he not even pretending to wear a wig at this point because no. why would he wear a wig with a ball patch no doesn't care doesn't care at all so this scene was a behind the scenes thing they did on entertainment tonight around the time the movie was coming out and I was very excited about you know watching this movie it makes me miss the yellow S on the back of the cape in just about every other mm. adaptation outside of Lois and Clark. You know, I had forgot that it was on the back in Lois and Clark. Yeah. Yeah. They have a really good he... rapport. Well, Eamon Hackman. Yeah. It's well known that you hate children and animals, Luther. <laughs> It's like, so how on earth could you trust this guy? He hates children and animals. That's a good shot. His landing that was, was quite as good. Yeah, it was sped up a little bit, probably because he wasn't as fluid as Reeve, but to be fair, he had this isn't his fourth movie. <laughs> no, that's true. I love that Superman's just looking at him and like, eh, I can say this guy. Mr. Muscles. <laughs> Again, it's... See, some it's, of the dialogue's really good, yeah. That's an Elliot S. Magan line. That's an impressive mullet that uh, Nuclear Man's got, though. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Lex throwing shade at his own creation. <laughs> He's got it all figured out. Look how relaxed Hackman is in this scene. 
Yeah, and Superman's worried. They tried to do this with Routh and Spacey. It just didn't work as well. Because I think they were trying to play off of something that was previously established and it wasn't between them. Yeah, those two actors didn't have that history. Whereas these two do, because they've done two previous films together. Well, one and a half, I suppose. No one wants war. I just want to keep the threat alive. That's... Ah, thank you for the GOP fl- platform of the 1980s. Good going, guys. <laughs> Superman gets political. Which would probably why some people would say this one failed. Not the Threadburst special effects. Terrible, terrible. Yeah. Now we're at the point where the money really has run out. Not as bad, but still not good. But there's there's lots of great there's that show. Super take a drink. There's take a drink. There's uh there's lots of really like nice stuff to like in this. Like we we've never seen Superman fight in the air before. Mm-hmm. Oh, kind of. But you know, not even like Super- this. Yeah, even in Superman two, it was only a couple of, of shots. Here he's actually fighting and stopping and swooping in the air. They just couldn't. Oh, they could have afforded to do it. They just chose not to. This tornado sequence was played in the television version of the films that I that I remember seeing when I was a teenager. Right. And isn't that Reeves' daughter? Yes. That kid yeah, that he's carrying there didn't look real. Well, to be fair, these are terrible parents anyways. They don't really like that kid. That's why they left her out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, god damn, that's terrible. <laughs> that, that's, that's not a good shot, no. Oh. Although the model works good here. Mm-hmm. So it's not the model works problem. Good takeoff. Mm-hmm. See, there's, there is so much to like. Although, why would Superman have to close his eyes against the wind? I'd be nitpicky, though. Very specific nitpicking. I love the little girl who's just like stood turning around. There's that show Superman again. Take a drink. You know, know, she she looked for a second like your daughter when she was younger in in one of those shots. She did look a bit like Anya, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She has that same judgy look in, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I would not know for the life of me where she gets that from. Eh, your daughter and I sang together when we were in Disney, so that will always be one of my cherished memories. <laughs> that wasn't bad. No, that's not. I mean, I like all the fighting in space stuff with Super and a Nuclear Man. It just gets a little bit ridiculous later on when they start taking Lacey Warfield out into space. Oh, it's the bit everyone takes the piss out of. Him destroying the Great Wall of China, that's quite impressive. Yeah, it looks pretty good. And it's not a bad not a bad special effects sequence. <clears throat> no, the mixing of the model work and the uh the full scale stuff is actually pretty good. Mm. And that's a great effect. Because it's mm-hmm. just Reeve on wires. As you pointed out, he can totally sell that by this point. 
the problem everyone meant is restore Great Wall of China vision. Yeah, he was which nobody's to do it. arguing is not stupid. Nice takeoff. Um, it was supposed mm-hmm. to be him doing it at super speed. They just couldn't afford it. Yeah, when the film in the car in the comic book adaptation, he does that. He rebuilds mm-hmm. it. And yeah, like you said, the comic book, the comic book adaptation writes a lot of checks that this film can't cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As with the novel to Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, the comic book makes you think you're going to get a decent film. Because the comic sells an awful lot of this. Or episode 3. Well, episode 3 is a good film. The novel is better. Yes. That's a, that's a good series I... of stock shots. Yeah. <laughs> they just bought from National Geographic. And the shot of Nuclear Man taken out from the middle of it. All good stuff. Yeah, and that's the thing is, and that. is, is, yeah, like all of this is really good. Mm, that's excellent model work. Mm-hmm. Really good model work there. I mean, I'm not entirely sure what he did though. How did he encase Superman in just the ice cube? He blew with his super breath. And that was it. And it took Superman. That's the shot of Superman again. Take a drink. I got a lot of work out of that, didn't they? They that did looks like get a, a lot of work out of that one shot. Yeah. So having just saved a natural tourist area, here he's just destroyed one. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a bit ropey. But again, this is all stuff that in the comics he did all the time. Mm-hmm. Stopping volcanoes and tornadoes and stuff. See, all this is great. Him using his freeze breath breath. to cool down the lava. We're getting all of the powers in this film. I mean, it's just... Except super ventriloquism. But, you know. Yeah, but you got rebuild Great Wall of China vision instead of super ventriloquism. So I think that's a fair trade-off. I love how he smiled at them. Yeah. And talked to them in their own language. Yeah. Very respectful. Works... You can go a long way with he's that, very, is what I'm saying. He's very much um, the Earth's mightiest hero in this mm-hmm. film. But see, even this, had this been better realised, I mean, it looks like shit, let's be brutally honest, but had it been better realised, this could have been really cool, Superman fighting Nuclear Man in space. Come on, I, on paper, fight- that's probably brilliant. He fights him all around the world in this sequence. Yeah. The scope... Again, on paper. <laughs> that was a bit ropey. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Well, the, the budget purse strings really are showing at this point, aren't they? Even the crowd scenes don't seem to have as many people in them anymore. But again, all this footage, this is all relatively mm-hmm. expensive footage, and they just left it all on the, the cutting room floor. Yeah, it, like I said, the, the scene with the tornado was used in the television version, but the fact that they cut all this out just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. That was good. Yeah, him swooping up from under the clouds and punching mm-hmm. Superman. 
I like the Nuclear Man theme. There's a lot of good themes in this. Back to the Statue okay. of Liberty, which Metropolis has. <laughs> That's a shit set. You, you know they literally built two walls and a piece of grass. I'm struggling as to why Superman's not finding him, and he has to keep finding Superman. Yeah. Ooh. I like Superman's like, well, any other day, this would be odd. <laughs> <laughs> but today, par for the course. See, you can see why they would thought think they had a decent script on their hands here. Mm -hmm. All this stuff's really good. Now he's in New York ripping up the Statue of Liberty. Superman's got to stop him. It's just the realisation of it is, frankly, shoddy. There are effects in Doctor Who that are better than this. Does that shot to Superman again? Take a drink. That must be the slowest falling object ever. <laughs> There's that shot of Superman again. Take a drink. But him catching it, that's not a bad... Despite the no. cape being clearly attached to his belt, that's not a bad shot. But that shit. It's like you've got really good... Or moderately good... Okay, adequate special effects in the <coughs> same sequence with utter shite. <laughs> Bravo on the timing of that, sir. Good, good going there. But, Comedy's all in the timing. See, Mark Pillow does good grimace. Yes. Right, they really should have sold that better. Because that scratch plays into the next part of the film in a really important way, and yet it's just thrown away, though. Oh no, no, I got it. That's awful. This is even worse. Yeah. Back to the set where they've only got two walls and a piece of grass. Why does the cape come off? He kicked him that hard. <laughs> he kicked him so hard his cape fell off. The hell is she Red. wearing? The, 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 Murray, the Murray Jane, the Gwen Stacy headband looks nice. Yes. I wonder if she's going to wear that when she shags Norman Osborn. Or Lex Luthor. That's the case, maybe. Hey, if she's in Mississippi burning, she could have both of them. At the same time. <laughs> Actually, you know, looking at her though, Gwen Stacy. Yeah, definitely. Look at the, look at the her. Oh, and see, those, that's a major beat, though, for Lacey. Yes, it is. The realisation of what's happened here, what's happened to Superman with Clark, the feeling that she's left Lois down. They should have played all of this up. There's no close-ups. There's nothing yeah. for Marielle Hemingway to sell it. You just so wanted her to change that line to, Daddy, fuck off. <laughs> exactly. No, like, like I would have loved to have seen the whole thing because Lois and her have a really good dynamic and good chemistry together. Her and Reeve had good chemistry together. It's a great character idea 
of this spoiled rich girl, like you were saying earlier, that does a that, that does a turn basically. Hmm. Proving that it isn't just Superman who's a good influence on people; mm-hmm. it's Clark. But hey, he doesn't need the secret identity. Dude. I have been trying to be very good about that through this entire thing. So don't sorry, because so, <laughs> I'm still mad. I think it's. I guess I'm more mad at the fact that he's trying to make it seem like a good idea. I like that he's wearing handcuffs well, not, here. I do, and I love what happens with him in a minute. And yeah. not that he's rehashing what he did on Daredevil. All this stuff is great. Lex playing Russia and America against each other mm-hmm. is absolutely fantastic. And again, cutting room floor. I love Hootkins' smug-ass face mm-hmm. throughout this entire moment. Hackman it, completely selling it. I really wish I would have gotten a chance before he passed away to ask Hookins what he thought of this movie. Uh, it was probably a nice pair there for him. Because <laughs> he, he, I saw him on breakfast television once with Rosamund Pike. Yeah, they were doing a play together, and he was talking about the play, and he seemed very much, I do stage work. So mm. I get the impression that all of this stuff just allowed him to do his stage work. I mean, not that he probably didn't enjoy it. It was probably no, I mean, a lot he of got to, to work with Gene Hackman. And he got to work with Jack Nicholson and uh, Christopher Topol Reeve. And, and yeah. he got to be in Star Wars. I mean, it's just a, you know. Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. I love this bit, Lex, and his pile of money. <laughs> That's genuinely funny. Oh, dear, that is so funny. I love the idea that everyone's paying him in cash. Well, he wants to be liquid, you know. Well, yes. And I love you've got John Cryer, though, just looking at it. Every once in a while, taking a bill here and there. Yeah, I love he sat there fanning himself with $100 bills. <laughs> oh, I do like he can't. And so he sat there counting it. Jim Broadbent is the guy with the mustache, right? No, Jim Broadbent's the skinny guy on the left. Oh, okay. I don't know who the guy in the mustache is, or I don't recognize him. It's an impressive mustache. I love that. It's a very good mustache. I love Gene Hartman, though. If you want a reference... Forget it. See? Mark Pillow Mark giving good glower. Yeah, he's given Hackman a lot to work with. He really yeah, is. I mean, you know, again, nothing to be embarrassed about on his side. He's doing exactly what they want him to do. I mean, he was certainly in shape enough to wear that costume. Yep, he pulls off the costume, which could be ridiculous but works. That blipvert shot of him, though, I didn't understand what that was for, but... Though, speaking of Bendis, he did introduce Nuclear Man into the comics and then immediately killed him, because fuck him. Hey, hey, look, I'm going to bring you Nuclear Man in and give a little nod to the... Oh, I've killed him. There is no way she cracks that door open with that credit card. Nope. (laughs) 
This is a really good Lois and Clark scene. Yep. And again, maybe more could have been made of Clark's illness here. Because he seems to go from looking like he's got a bit of flu to pretty much falling to pieces. Yeah, to looking like he's about to die. Yeah, in the space of one scene. <laughs> I love that line. You didn't call me back. How could you not call me back? It's not all about you, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is in the films. I love that he's only got a candle on to emphasize that, oh, I'm not well. I like the flashing <laughs> neon sign. I love that Superman. Some of the times Superman. Well, if he can't manage, there's a lot of subtext in this scene. Yes, it's and it's it's very distracting because we should be talking about it, and I just keep redrawn in by the two actors. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're just so good together. Yeah, I mean, again, both of them kind of dismiss it, or did dismiss it. Sadly, neither one of them is with us anymore. But she's clearly, she knows on some level that Clark is Superman. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter to her. She's, it's it's kind of a sad she's, sequence because she's admitting things that she probably would never admit in a million years. Hmm. And it shows Lois' growth as a character over the four films. She no longer cares about a secret identity or any of that. She just cares about the person. Mm-hmm. Aww. They're still good together. Mm-hmm. Look at his facial Aww. expressions. Mm. It's quite... Uh, it's quite touching that moment. Yeah. Just every decision he makes, you can kind of see it. Yeah. I don't, think any, I don't think anything is truly, like, maybe here or there, but it looks like he thoroughly thought out how he was going to play this. And she leaves Superman's cape with Clark, because, uh -huh. you know, she knows. Damn it. I was about to put this thing on eBay. Uh, and then suddenly he's, he's, his hair's receding and yeah. he looks like death. What happened? Was the was there more stuff supposed to occur there? Because it looks like there he gets up off the couch having talked with Lois and suddenly his hair's falling out. Now some of this could be that the footage isn't there anymore so we're, yeah. we're saying they should have played this up more and they did. But I don't, I don't remember how the comic book handled this. Good shot of the scratches in that sequence. Yeah, just to remind us. I hid the crystal remember? out on the balcony. Yeah, just remember what you did with the crystal, Clark. <laughs> I had it in my vest. That's the last place I remember seeing it. <laughs> Why did he bury it? Why did he not just leave it in his his life preserver? I love that Susanna York comes back to talk to him. Mm-hmm. 
but how does this play into the the Donnacut Superman two where he destroys the Fortress of Solitude? Very carefully. <laughs> that one green crystal that saved him in Superman two also saves him here. Well, let's let's be fair. Brian Singer did not want to acknowledge three or four, so. It, uh, it didn't want to acknowledge the version of Superman 2 that came out. Yeah. <laughs> We're watching the movie again. <laughs> okay, check out something you probably the wouldn't think I... about. Look, look how they spell favorite. Oh, yeah. Oops. <laughs> the Daily Bugle is still an American newspaper, right? Yeah, so is the Daily Planet. Yes. <laughs> oh, they're interchangeable. <laughs> kind of. Exactly I still the say Perry thing. White wants to kick J. Jonah Jameson's ass, but that's just me. <laughs> and Robbie would just be sat there smirking. Talking to Ron True. I, I love that. I love the little subtext there. What kind of disaster could we have uh, have brought about by printing reckless stuff that couldn't possibly cause damage to anybody? Timing of this cut makes no sense. Nope. So he's Nick Lacey Wallfield from the Bugle and took her to Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Because he loves her. Yes. Why? Because he saw her in a nightclub. He... But he didn't. <laughs> that, that nuclear man's dead. I love that he lives in a suntan booth. Yep. <laughs> John Cryer going for it in the background. Oh, why'd she not break her hand when she slapped her? She looks better in this deleted scene than she does in the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Well, she looks pretty good in the rest of the film, let's be honest. So, in the comic book, this is where he turns into a missile. Oh, right. This is where trimming would have made a lot more sense. I'm glad they cut this out because him turning into a missile and then almost starting World War Three doesn't really work for me. I love that shot though, where you can actually see the gaffers holding him up. And he's flying with his arms swept back instead of out in front of him. It's an interesting mm. thing. He's trying to look like a missile. Not that it really matters. Oh. No, because all of this stuff didn't end up in the film. Which is a shame, because again, it all looks like expensive. There you go again. All looks like expensive footage. Mm-hmm. Come on, we paid again. these guys. Yeah. Do you know who that guy is? That's Lobot. No. Really? That from was Lobot, Strike, isn't yeah. it? That was Lobot, yeah. Oh, this is what I texted you about. That guy there, Kerry Shale... Yeah. Was the voice of Cyborg Superman in Superman? Is it Doomsday and Beyond, the radio adaptation? Yes. 
That was him. And Superboy. He was the voice of Superboy. Here's our supervillain mystery guest star. Sign in, please. <laughs> I like how they're just... They're just... They're going to their underground bunker where they're going to have really, really inappropriate contact with each other. That That's could have been entrance. filmed. Um, yeah. That he just comes out of the elevator instead of yeah. flying through the window. Could have been a really funny comedy beat. But don't you think it would have been better to have a close-up of the elevator opening up? Yes. And, and then him standing there, I mean... Or a close-up of the elevator door opening to reveal just the S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at my crotch. Look at my crotch. I am not looking at your crotch. <laughs> Look I looked at his crotch. Going... <laughs> yeah, I looked at it. I love this bit. Let's set a trap for him. And Superman's entire plan to set a trap for him seems to consist of carrying Lacey out over the ocean and dropping her. Badly. No, he carries her into space! Yes, of course he does. <laughs> he into space! And it's not, well, maybe it's just night time and he's flown somewhere around the world. No, you can clearly see the Earth. And then he's not in space anymore. And then he just drops her. That's yeah. his cunning plan. <laughs> now, she took an awful big risk, though, because there's no yeah. saying that Superman would defeat Nuclear Man long enough to swoop down and save her before she hits the water. She hits the water, it's like, oops. Yes, Mr. Uh, Warfield, your daughter died at the hands of Nuclear Man. I tried to save her. <laughs> But there was nothing I could do. It was it was a sad moment. Very tragic. So, uh, you want to go get a drink or something? Go pick up some chicks? <laughs> okay. In the original cut, it goes from her, uh, her getting kidnapped to this, with no explanation in between. As to where he's put her. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where the budget strings are showing. Superman 2, they built a, a really convincing American street on the back lot of Pinewood, didn't they? It was the, the James Bond studio. And here, they have built a completely unconvincing American street on what looks like 20 square foot. Yeah. Which is a shame... Because, again, this is a pure, straight-out-the-comic-book Superman versus supervillain fight scene. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they try to get around it by filming everyone in tight close-up and repeating dialogue from Superman 2. I was about to say, that's a less convincing... Let's, at least he doesn't look like he's laughing like he does yeah. in Superman 2. <laughs> uh, don't do it, <laughs> the people. Don't do it, Steve Lombard's there. <laughs> do it it does look like they've got literally three storefronts mm -hmm. and lots of taxis to blow up so they've just jammed at the street to cover the fact that that's all they've got though uh, mentioning Steve Lombard reminds me of a comic we covered years ago where Mar um, Mongol kidnaps Lois Jimmy and Steve Lombard and we were joking, no, please, 
don't hurt my friend Steve. <laughs> yeah, Steve is, is the one of the three I love the most. Please keep him alive. You win. So basically, Superman just stood there and let him completely destroy the street. Hey, he said, remember the people. Well, he did, yeah. He just stood Okay, there. watch for the strings in this uh, next sequence. <laughs> it's like Highlander. Yep. Or that episode of the Hulk where he throws the bell. Yeah. I love that Superman keep using the elevator to travel. I like this. Oh, sucker! Bam! Just... <laughs> Will this is all pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very comic bookish. Yeah. Trap him in the elevator, drag the elevator out of the building, causing quite a lot of property damage, killing many people below him, and drag him out to the moon, where the sun doesn't rise, apparently. Oh, wait. This wasn't very bright of Superman. Yeah, why didn't he bury it? Yeah. Or just throw him out into space? Because he seems intent on killing this dude. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not really alive. That's true. I love that takeoff. Yeah. Morning has I... broken. <laughs> Superman completely forgetting that this happens. So he takes a minute to just admire the moon. Yeah. Oh, and hey. straighten the yeah. flag. Yeah, that's fair enough. I like that the flag is stiff, because, yeah, yes. no wind in space. That's quite a nice That's quite a nice touch, that. Yep. This is great. It would have been funny if he... It would have been funny <laughs> if he knelt down and picked up a golf ball. This is quite a vicious fight. Yes, yeah. It's not quite as vicious as Superman Returns, or he's getting the shit kicked out of him. But actually having Nuclear Man pick him up by the back of the head, grabbing his hair and smashing his face into the into the moon dust, and then just <laughs> literally kicking the crap out of him. Yeah, no point does he Oop. yell, I'm Superman, I'm Superman, over and over again. Yeah. I'm going to scratch you with my nails. <laughs> I'm going to scratch you like I'm a baby in kindergarten. Boom! Oh. And then pulls a Lou Ferrigno Incredible Hulk. And just chucks him around. See, again, this this could have been a really good fight. And instead it just looks like two guys playing around on a stage set. Especially when you notice the curtains in the background. Yes! Oh, dear. Because at least there's an excuse here for there not being loads of people around. I would have loved to see them put extras on the moon. <laughs> you know what? What would it be even better if I had to George Lucas this? I would CGI in the corpses of the astronauts and cosmonauts the Phantom Zone villains killed. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, where were you when we needed you, Superman? Betrayed. Betrayed. This is a great shot coming up. Just, oh. Yes. Awesome. The Superman's swooping in over the moon service. It's a brilliant effect. And I love that when he headbutts him, it hurts him. Yeah, I don't think that's... I think that's Reeve actually getting hurt. Really? Yeah. Oops. And they left it in the film. I love the score coinciding with the smashing him in. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, well scored. And then Nuclear Man doesn't dick around by just hanging around on the moon. He kills his opponent and takes off. (laughs) I am Audi 5000. Yeah. And then they cut this bit. Yeah, not you again. She's very pretty in this scene. Mm hmm. It's the hair. Okay, one thing before I leave. Gotta take care of something. Yep. That's, it is a good theme. Good take mm-hmm. off. <sighs> did, did this dude not watch Space 1999? We were uh, we were looking for the point where Mike uh, lost his willing suspension of disbelief. Whoever had Superman moving the moon in the pool in the pool, you win. Collect your winnings at the door. Yeah, he blocks the sun out with the moon, irrespective to whatever damage that will have caused on Earth. Yeah, sorry about the In title. In addition to the fact, there's that shot of Superman again. Irrespective of the fact that Nuclear Man has carried Lacey Warfield into space, why is she That's not like... dead? Yeah, I think the end of Brightburn covered what would happen there. I haven't seen Brightburn. Uh, for those thinking, Mike, you actually watched Brightburn? No, I watched a scene from it that made me realize I never wanted to watch Brightburn ever. That, that, though, that's Warrington. <laughs> and all the, the smokestacks. I love this. Then he threw him just so conveniently so that the door would shut on him behind. Absolutely great stuff. <laughs> Do you know, this isn't famously as awful as it could have been. This is one of my favourite scenes in the movie. I like this scene. Perry White has had enough of your shit. Lois Rock in the suit and tie again. Fire destroys chemical factory. Did you see that reference to Superman 3? Oh, neat. No, Very I never cool. noticed it. Yeah, the, the newspaper when um, Mr. Warfield, sorry, Rupert Murdoch just walked past. You tell him, Mr. Protected Mr. from White. predators. <laughs> I love the way he says that. I'm sure this wouldn't have been the end of the story in real life. No, there would have been a lawsuit and yeah, and all that kind of stuff. I love Jimmy giving him giving him old copies of the Daily Planet because that's a shot from Superman the Mover. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
small freeze frame of uh, Clark and Lacey because this scene was obviously missing. And then a nice moment in the uh, in the cab between them where he ties back to the beginning by suggesting that Miss Warfield should go and buy a farmhouse in Smallville. And it was, uh, if I'm remembering the comic book uh, correctly, that was part of the dialogue that she wanted to get it completely away from the city. So he suggested buying the farm in the not dying kind of way. Do you know what I want? I want a Superman 87 comic book that mm-hmm. takes this story and does it properly and then does some more stories set with Christopher Reeve and, and in this era. I'd love to track down like Mariel Hemingway and John Cryer and Mark McClure uh, and, you know, the other people who are surviving from this cast and actually, you know, ask them, look, you know, we want to have a serious conversation about this film. I know it gets a lot of... You know, panned a lot, but I really want to know, you know, what was it like on the set? Were you guys like, this is going to be great, or... Did you know? Yeah. I love that this motor is the M6. Clearly no American freeway you've ever seen in your life. Though they did reverse traffic. That's a nice shot. Superman yep. carrying the car. I love John Cryer. <laughs> Dude. And then that was too quick a cut. The next thing he's he's taking. So where's Lex why he's doing this? Just tied up in the back of the car. I'm sure that guy has been in like British television all over the place too. You're probably playing Vickers. <laughs> So Lex Luthor's a time traveller because he had a picture of Superman from this scene earlier on in the film. High school physics in this film. (laughs) I'm sorry. That is a line they should have stayed away from. (laughs) See you in 20. High school physics, Luthor. <laughs> really? Is, is that your final answer, Superman? <laughs> so are we back... Where are we here? Probably back in Milton Keynes. <laughs> I love everyone in the background because it's, it's it's England, so everyone's freezing. Look at the girl in the yellow jacket. <laughs> Look at that dude's hair on the right. Oh, oh God. Flock of seagulls. I was just waiting really outside to be on top of the pops. <laughs> so I ended up with Superman. What's going on? <laughs> I like traffic lights. <laughs> Eric, the half a B. Puppy. <laughs> a, that, B, that's C. a great shot. Oh, good landing. Mm-hmm. I love the way he looks at Lois, though, with um, clear, uh, clearly on his face. You're getting lucky tonight. It's not mine to give. That's a good line. Mm-hmm. And this, his words have been broadcast all across the world, sadly cut from the finished film. 
and everyone's really confused because they're broadcasting it in English, and most of these people don't understand them. <laughs> and everyone's sat like, what? What's he saying? And that woman's on her phone. Share some respect. <laughs> in real life, that's what it would be, wouldn't it? Nowadays. Meanwhile, back with the kid that everyone's forgot about. Hi, I'm... Okay, 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 everyone move, move. Okay, good. <laughs> Jeremy, your parents don't mind me flying you all over the place, right? Now, in the comic Jeremy, book... He's, he put him in a space Yes, he did. Yeah. Whereas here, that's, they didn't put him in a spare suit and told him to pretend to be swimming. <laughs> wax off, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Even Reeves' <laughs> delivery can't save this scene. No, it's, it's terrible. It's all one world. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not ragging on the kid actor, yeah. but... <laughs> Wax on, wax hey, say on. hi to the Russian cosmonaut. Hey. As you're choking for breath. Hat. Again, high school physics, Luthor. And the best special effects shot in the film. <laughs> that was done <laughs> almost probably 10 years before this film was made. Superman. Now, does he look at us? Is it that cut? Look to the left. No, it's not that one. Yeah, it is. He just smiles. There oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah, he looks directly into the camera, breaking the fourth wall. And that was our commentary on Superman 4 <sighs> The Quest for Peace, a Golden Globus production. You know, just think, they could have done Spider Man too. Yes, they, they could. That would have been one for the books, wouldn't it? Mac McDonald, that was his name. The pilot of Red Dwarf. Ah, okay. Captain of Red Dwarf. Couldn't remember his name earlier. Yeah, yeah you know. Like I said, it's, it, it, it was really nice watching this with you because you got a lot of the actors and the, the bit players and the sets more than I would. It, it, it'd be kind of like us watching Infinity War together and in that end tag scene with uh, Nick Fury turning to dust i could have said yep that's that's atlanta that's that's definitely atlanta <laughs> well that's i i want to watch baby driver with yeah. you which is actually set in atlanta so that'd be really fun. and the the thing that they drive through that that mall does not exist in that form anymore they totally remodeled that uh oh right yeah, it's, not so as it's, good. it's already a historical yeah. piece so overall what are our thoughts on superman for um could have been probably the best Superman film, and I know a lot of people are like turning off their their iPhones. And, and, no, but seriously, on yeah, no, I agree with you. I, this could have been yeah. yeah, this this could have been like okay, let's do a fifth one, you know, because yep. But mm-hmm. on paper and pointing out all the things that we've pointed out as we've gone through this, which I think we've been very very first. Oh yeah, mostly. Uh, you can see why they thought they had something here that was worth doing. And you can argue the logistics of, of Superman trying to rid the world of nuclear weapons and the problems inherent in even doing that story. But I think that they, they got around that element of the story quite well with Superman at the end realising, no, I was right the first time. I shouldn't interfere in stuff like this. 
the script needed another pass, mm-hmm. as we've mentioned. Oh, second unit director, Christopher Reeve, gets a credit. Oh, that's interesting. I, I've never noticed that before. Um, the script could have done with another pass. There's parallels in the plot to Clark selling the Smallville farm to big developers and not wanting to, and big developers, big business coming, taking over the Daily Planet. That should have been built up a lot more. Uh, instead of just being a prologue and an epilogue, the relationship between Lacey and Clark and Lois could have been played out a lot better. Mm-hmm. Let's have the moment of her realisation that all of her life she's just been obsessed with money for for no reason when there was more important things that she could have been done, doing with that money. That should have been played better than it actually was. It's all the... It just needs another pass. It, it could have done also with like another couple run-ins with her her side of the tracks and Clark, and her hmm. further like it, they they do a pretty good job with the jerk at the gym, but I could have done like when they were at the dance club, like people kind of making fun of him and her seeing it and going, wait, wait, I was like that. As noted, I am a defender of this film, and I'm a defender of this film. Basically, not because I want to be that guy, because I think the internet has enough that guys. In all honesty. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not being deliberately contrarian uh, by saying that something that is objectively bad is no, you're wrong. It's actually good. I don't think either one of us is saying this is good. No, <laughs> not at all. But what I am saying is that, and I won't call it a noble failure either. Uh, no, it's an outright yeah, failure. Yeah, they, <laughs> they did a pretty good job of failing with this. Yeah, But what I am saying is that as a fan of Superman, if you really look at it, and and like you and I were doing, because we message each other with this, we were fixing the film as we were watching it in our heads. It's just yeah, like, nope. all the way through. And it's funny as well, we weren't watching it at the same time, obviously, no. but we just send each other messages when we were doing little bits of watching it. Because I watched it in three mm-hmm. parts over three different lunch times. And I presume you sat down and watched it at some other point as well. If I'd had the time, I would have watched the theatrical cut as well, because I've only ever seen the theatrical of this twice. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because this is the one I've watched the least um, of the four Christopher Reeve Superman films. I think I've seen two and three more than any of the other ones. Uh, hmm. Though I've seen Superman the movie so many times, it's kind of funny when you consider I've actually seen Superman 2 more that that's a lot of watching that film but when you look at the evolution of this film series you know by 80s standards this was pretty ambitious yeah i i just think the the cutting of the budget is what ultimately killed this film because reeve had a pretty good handle on the story and like you said and what i like about it is that at the end he's like i can't solve this you guys got to solve this for yourself uh, I forgot to mention that the Kryptonians he talks to are complete pricks. It's just like, why don't you just go to a planet <laughs> that war doesn't exist on? It's just like, really? Betrayal. But. Yeah, they are dickheads. But I, I, I can't help but just like what this film could have been. And there's some great performances and the cast is pretty solid all to, all throughout. Uh, I just, and, and it's got, I think, Outside of the first movie, the best score uh, in, uh, of the of the three sequels. 
Mm. because yeah listen to in isolation the score is brilliant you can yeah you could totally listen to it in isolation and it it still works as a score whereas listening to the superman 2 or the superman 3 score they're very interchangeable in Mm. terms of their music cues and the recycling of the williams Mm -hmm. music cues but here you got a couple new uh, you got three new character themes um Oddly enough, I think you could have done the kid a little differently, too, and made him more palatable. Yeah. As it is, he's here to write the letter to Superman, act badly, and then pop up at various times during the film. But, yeah, you could have threaded him throughout the film more convincingly. And show him writing the letter, but not saying the letter as he's writing it. Really? (laughs) That's how you shot (laughs) that? Yeah. Maybe he was held back. I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's fun. But more than more importantly, it was fun watching it with you. Yes, it was it was a good laugh watching it with you too. I think we had a good time with it. Um, I don't think we were overly evil to it, which we could have been. But the whole point of this was to to celebrate mm-hmm. what we think is good about Superman mm-hmm. Four, and there is a lot in there to like. And like I say, if you read the comic book adaptation and haven't seen the film, you think you're going to get a decent Superman movie. Yeah. And it's 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 a shame that it didn't work out. It's a shame for everyone involved that it didn't work out. Yeah, John Cryer in particular was very disappointed because he was a huge Superman mm. fan. So oh, so I'm glad I'm glad he's come back to play Lex mm-hmm. Luthor. Yeah, and he's so good as Lex Luthor. He is so malevolent. Like he just he's just great. <laughs> In all honesty, I just, I remember when they cast him, my first reaction was, that's going to be interesting. And the version of Lex they created for that show uh, is on par, I would say, with Michael Rosenbaum and John Shea. It stands right Mm. up there with both of them, in my opinion. Good. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to the Crisis crossover. Yes. Whenever you're going to get it. <laughs> when Well, we'll get them, but I don't know what we're going to do with the Batwoman chapter, because that doesn't get shown over here. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, especially since that's the one with Conroy as Batman, or as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I will find a way to see it. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for your time, Michael. That was, that was very, very enjoyable. I've been looking forward to that all week. It has been um, a mixed week. But I was very much looking forward to doing this, and that was great. Yeah, me, me too, especially since you know I'm, I, I was up at 5 this morning, and I'm still trucking along 22 hours later. Blimey, you need to go and get some sleep. Tell my lovely listenership, all three of them, where they can find you, although they probably know where they can I, I, find I, you. Is, they can find me in some seedy bar in the middle of Atlanta. No, I... Um, <laughs> I am uh, fortressofbailey2.com. That's where all the shows are. Uh, I talk a lot about Superman. I talk a lot about Batman. I talk a lot about uh, other comic books. Uh, but And if you dig through the views from Longbox archives, you will hear commentaries for Superman the movie, Superman 2, and Superman 4. I still have yet to do Superman 3, and I have no idea why. You've not done Superman 3? I've not done Superman 3 yet. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, look forward to that soon. 
lovely listeners. Obviously, I'm not going to do emails tonight because we're already at two and a quarter hours of Christmas joy to fill your earbuds with you. Come in in your ears. Palace of and Delights. But if you do want to email me about this or anything else, heykidscomics at virginmedia.com is where you can get in touch with me. Thank you once again, Michael, for staying up till stupid o'clock. <laughs> to talk to me about this much maligned and not entirely undeservedly so film, but something that we felt does have enough merit to be worth talking about. Have yourself a very Merry Christmas, uh, a very good New Year, and I'll be back in the New Year with more of this type of tripe (laughs) if this kind of tripe is your kind of thing. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Oh, everything is going to be okay. I'm saying this before the election, and it will go out after the election, but I am hopeful that everything will be okay. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.